0: Ready?
1: Born ready.
2: Welcome to another episode of your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At? I'm your host, Sava Long. It is a regular day. It has been a week now since we had our first live podcast celebrating the one-year anniversary of Where the Party At. So cool. I had a fantastic time. Thank you to all the folks who came out. And we got to watch the gubernatorial debate between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, and it was hot, hot, hot. So it is now week two of early voting and the first week absolutely shattered previous records. So, and this includes people who have voted by mail and people who voted in person. So right now we are hovering or about to surpass the 1 million mark of folks who have already decided to vote in the election. And a few celebrities on the Democratic side have come to Atlanta to help generate some turnout and some buzz. Folks like Lin-Manuel Miranda, you might know him as Alexander Hamilton. We are waiting in the wings for you. And Kerry Washington, Lotto, who was opening up for Lizzo. All of these folks stomped for Stacey Abrams in the Democratic ticket. And then this week, none other than Barry O, President Obama, is coming down to, again, help boost Democratic turnout and get folks out to vote. Will it work? Will having these celebrities come down to encourage folks to vote, will it work? I, I don't know. I'm inclined to think that these early voting numbers that are in high turnout numbers so far do bode well for Democrats but then I look at how much I've spent on food this month, and I ask myself, how many folks are mad about inflation and are going to vote Republican because of it? I do think the the economic side of what's happening in the country is, is a challenge for Democrats, even though they have had some very big wins. So I'm not betting one way or another. We'll just see what happens on election day, the last day to vote. But as I always say, voters 40 and under can absolutely determine what happens and can determine who is going to represent us, represent you, and win these seats. And right now, as is always the case, voters 65 and older are dominating at the polls. They are overwhelmingly the majority of folks who are turning out to vote so far. So if you are 40 and under and listening and are on the fence, please go vote. If you have already voted, bring a friend along and tell them to go vote. Check out Circle.org if you want to see a voter guide to give you a little bit more background on who the folks are who are running for elected office. Also happening this week as early voting is going on, a Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney he's overseeing a two-day bench trial about Georgia's six-week abortion ban. Now, abortion rights groups are suing the state, and their argument is that the state constitution actually offers more privacy protections than the United States Constitution, and so therefore Georgia's six-week ban should be struck down. Now, when I say the state and that they're suing the state, I mean, obviously, it's the state of Georgia, but that is the attorney general and the governor. Now, the AG and the governor both tried to get Judge McBurney to delay the trial until after the election, but Judge McBurney said no. And here's what he, how he wrote this in his opinion on moving forward with the trial. He said, and I quote, The state has offered four reasons for this cancellation, which can be summarized as we are really busy with other things, number one. Two, there are no facts in dispute. Three, we don't know what facts are in dispute. And four, you can't do what you are trying to do. And McBurney's response, the court's response is, who isn't? There are, you do, and I can. In other words, I don't care what you, the state, are asking for as the judge, I can do what I want. So will the trial influence the election? I would say probably not, because Judge McBurney did decide Monday that he was not going to rule on this bench trial until after the election. Now, we know early polls had showed voters were intending to vote for someone that they thought was not as restrictive on abortion as governor. Things like crime and things like development, which are two hot topics in Buckhead. And we know that the Buckhead cityhood movement has, it hasn't died. It's, it has maybe laid dormant for the past couple of months, but it certainly hasn't died. And the folks behind it are adamant about continuing the fight in the 2023 legislative session. So we will see what happens, has been. Although over time, voter attitude around this has changed and other issues, like I alluded to earlier, the economy have kind of stood out ahead of that. One local Atlanta thing that I want to highlight is Mayor Andre Dickens has held two town halls With a third one that will be Thursday, that's this Thursday, 6 p.m. at Zoo Atlanta, I stopped by the one in Buckhead on Monday, and when I tell you it was packed, I mean, it was standing room only, overflow, no one else allowed inside. Now, why is that the case? I suspect that a lot of those folks are wanting to see what he will have to say, he being the mayor. About, But if you were in Atlanta and Thursday and you were an Atlanta resident, I encourage you to go check out the Mayor's Town Hall at Zoo Atlanta at 6 p.m. All right. I, of course, you know this. I have to talk about my favorite villain, Steve Bannon. He just might go to jail. So you guys know that Steve Bannon, sort of via Donald Trump, but then also on his own accord has transformed the Republican Party. And he was just sentenced to four months in jail for contempt of Congress. And this is because he refused to testify in the January 6th hearings. Now, Bannon could have done like Roger Stone and just pled the fifth for every question. But instead, Bannon, I think, is wanting to view himself as a martyr. And he basically said, F you to Congress. So his lawyers are going to appeal, and so we don't know for sure if he'll actually end up stepping foot in a jail cell. We'll see. Now, after the judge's ruling, Steve Bannon called on MAGA Republicans to go vote so that Republicans can take back control of the House and the Senate. So you might be wondering, well, what will Republicans do with control of the House and Senate? Well, Let's listen to Bannon's exchange with none other than Georgia's own Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, by the way, if you hadn't heard, has been discussing with Trump the possibility of being on his ticket in 2024 as the vice president. So take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene.
3: Impeach Merrick Garland because of the wicked abuse of the Department of Justice and the abuse of power that people like Merrick Garland are currently do. Also, Secretary Mayorkas and what he's failing to do at our southern border. But the impeachment, what we're going to go after and the reason why I'm excited for people like Joe Kent and the reason why people in Joe Kent's district and mine are supporting us over these loser Democrat candidates and Democrat um, elected officials is because the American people want to impeach Joe Biden for the failure that he has done as president of the United States. This is the main.
0: I think Kevin McCarthy said something that's very important the other day, that these would not be done for political reasons. These will be honest investigations. You'll have ranking members, minority counsel, all that. Uh, there'll be deep investigations, whether it's the invasion of the southern border, whether it's the laptop from hell, whether it's all the involvement, what you just named there, the FBI, or the Department of Justice. These will be investigations. And as those investigations with your like people like yourself and Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and, and, and these people, as you get into these investigations where uh, crimes come up, where malfeasance comes up, then you go to the next level. Do you, do you, do you agree with that? This is not going to be political.
3: It's not political. Absolutely not. And I'm not interested in a political witch. I, I do not believe in them. I fully agree with Kevin McCarthy and his statements that we will not be leading political impeachments but we will be leading investigations like James Comer, leading the oversight committee. I very much look forward to participating in that process on the committee. We will be investigating Hunter Biden and many other people and entities. And it's very important for us to do that, to provide oversight and to provide uh, accountability to the federal government agencies and the people involved there. Kevin McCarthy is absolutely right. Any impeachment will not be political but it will be justified. And through these investigations in Republican-led committees, we will be providing that that proof. And and I look forward to doing so, and we will deliver impeachment.
2: And on that note, I'll just say, elections have consequences. Okay, speaking of student loan debt, what a difference a week makes. Now, last week, I told you all that the application to qualify for $10,000 or $20,000, depending on if he qualified for the Pell Grant, and federal student loan forgiveness is open. And the White House has been doing a ton of communications to push this out and get folks to sign up and take advantage of it. But now the program is on hold because Republicans are determined to kill student loan forgiveness. Not only that, but they are positioning student loan forgiveness as a giveaway to the elite. Take a listen to this ad that they're running
1: right now. I spend more time working on these cars than with my own family. I spend my days digging holes, cutting grass and sweating.
3: This is job number two today. So my customers aren't the only ones drinking coffee.
0: I'm breaking my back out here for one reason.
3: I want to pay off some other guy's debt. Biden's plan to pay other people's college loans using my tax dollars is a great idea.
0: Biden's right. You should take my tax dollars to pay off
3: your debts.
1: My family will figure out how to get by with less. What's most important is we spare college graduates from any extra stress. Wanna be a struggling artist?
3: College is on me. My kids don't need fancy things like school supplies or new shoes.
0: I work for you, theater major.
3: This shift is for you, business major. Go buy yourself that new car. Enjoy your free ride. College is on me. Tell Congress, stop Biden's bailout for rich kids.
2: So the ad highlights blue collar workers, but what's trippy is that at least one of the actors is a multimillionaire. The other interesting thing about the ad is that it ends with Tell Congress to stop bailing out rich kids. But I'm going to remind you, if you don't know, that rich kids are not getting Pell Grants. The reality is the student loan forgiveness program is really for low and middle-class individuals and families. You cannot, as an individual, make more than $125,000 a year, which, depending on where you work, some folks in law enforcement would actually qualify for that or could be on the cusp of not qualifying. Or you can make up to $250,000 for a married couple. So... Rich kids, no, it's not. And in fact, you know whose kids would not qualify for this student loan forgiveness? Ted Cruz's kids, Kevin McCarthy's kids, JD Vance's kids, obviously Trump's kids and Gore Grandkids, and the kids of those who were in Congress. An ad is one thing, right? It's one thing to kind of push back in the court of public opinion about who is qualifying for the student loan forgiveness. But the other is that Republican governors, as I mentioned last week, from six states have filed a federal lawsuit. And the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit has granted a stay. So that program is on pause. Now, what does this mean for you if you are someone who has taken out student loans and you qualify for this forgiveness? So we know that at least 22 million people have already applied. Now, the White House has said that the order from the appeals court, and I quote here, does not prevent us from reviewing these applications and preparing them for transmission to loan services. So the long and short of that is for now, fill out your application and just wait. And for what it's worth, it appears that joe biden uncle joe has your back he clapped back at republicans who were trying to stop the program and take a listen to what uncle joe had to say
0: i want to hear it from MAGA republicans officials who had hundreds of thousands of dollars of debts even millions of dollars in pandemic relief loans forgiven who now are attacking attacking me for helping working class and middle class americans my team at the white house posted a video video of this, folks, online. You should check it out. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she got over — she and her husband got $180,000 in business loans forgiven from the PPP program. She said it's completely unfair for us to forgive student loans for working and middle-class Americans. Representative Vern Buchanan of Florida said our plan was reckless. Guess how much he got in that program forgiven? Two million three hundred thousand dollars. This is not a joke. Can't make this stuff up. Republican governors wrote me wrote me a letter saying this relief was only helps the elite few. Y'all you know you're the elite few. I knew you were really special, but know you're the elite few. I'm serious. Ted Cruz, the great senator from Texas, he said it's for slackers. Quote slackers who don't deserve relief. Who in the hell do they think they are? I mean, but this I can respect
2: calling out the hypocrisy. But here's one thing I wish Republicans who oppose the student loan forgiveness program would do. I wish that they would actually propose legislative and executive actions. That they are for as it relates to student loans. It's easy to be against something. That is the easiest take you can have. We've seen this before with numerous, numerous attempts by Republicans to shut down Obamacare, for example, the Affordable Care Act. But they never really put forth an, an alternative that they knew the American public would buy into. Now, Teen Vogue did a poll of voters under 35 on this issue and some others. 40% of those polled said student loan forgiveness has made them more supportive of overall of Biden and the Democratic Party. Now, to be clear, these young voters are not saying that they're happy with the Democratic Party, but they do approve of policies like student loan forgiveness like capping the cost of insulin, like investing in renewable energy, those types of things. So again, back to you know hypocrisy and Republicans saying that they're against this. I get it. I agree that one-time forgiveness is not the solution, but I do recognize that it will absolutely impact folks' lives. So the reality here is the cost of college is astronomical compared to the cost of living and of what previous generations have paid your parents, your parents' parents. The price of college has gone absolutely through the roof. And again, this is something that should be bipartisan in nature of actually addressing the root issue. All right, on to something else. Now, when the Ukraine thing first happened. I talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, but something just happened, and I I've got to be I've gotta be honest, I've got mixed feelings about this. It seems like we might be sending American troops to the Ukraine. Now, it doesn't look like Putin is planning to take an off-ramp to de-escalate or stop the war, and the United States Army appears to be planning for the worse. Now, before I have you listen to this clip, I do want to preface and say one thing. A number of progressive Democrats have just called on Biden to actually connect with Putin directly and plan for some type of off-ramp or de-escalation. And again, this, these are progressive Democrats. This isn't the Republican Party. This is the progressive wing of the Democratic Party saying, we are spending so much money in Ukraine. And there does not appear to be an end in sight. The last time we did that was Afghanistan and then obviously Iraq. And we don't want to repeat that. So with that being said, listen to this clip from CBS's Face the Nation. Their reporters went on the ground with the Army's 101st Airborne Division. Take a listen to this.
1: The Screaming Eagles have landed the 101st Airborne Division deployed on the very edge of NATO territory. Go, 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 go! With Colonel Edwin Mathedis and Brigadier General John Lubas, we board Black Hawk helicopters and head toward the border with Ukraine. Specifically trained to hit the ground fighting, when the call came, the colonel said his soldiers were ready. And You know, you can see it on their face that, that all that stuff we had talked about, about being ready, about training hard, you know, not leaving anything on the table, you know, they had a chance to put it into use, and they're, they're doing that same stuff here today. Right. It just got real. It did. We traversed the Black Sea coast across the water from Russian-held territory in Ukraine and Crimea attached. until we reached the forward operating site, where soon U.S. and Romanian NATO forces were conducting a joint air and ground assault. Live fire tank and artillery rounds took aim at targets, simulating the battlefields of Ukraine. This isn't a routine military exercise against a hypothetical enemy. This is a real life combat scenario against a very real enemy, one that's not so far away. We're about 250 miles from the front line of Russian troops. Uh, And the way we are dispersed right now, we are ready to transition from our current locations where we're currently at to combat operations um, on order. It's the first time the 101st has been headquartered in Europe since the D-Day landings, seen here with then-General Dwight Eisenhower, prepared to defend European allies again if called upon to fight. Now, almost 80 years later, the 101st is back. Go, go, go. Making a mark in history once more. Those military exercises come at a time when broader NATO nuclear exercises are underway. Now entering the second week, they involve 60 aircraft from 14 countries, including U.S. B-52 bombers. They were scheduled long before the war in Ukraine began.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. Real quick, I almost forgot two big things that happened. One. Rishi Sunak was just named prime minister of the United Kingdom. This is a big deal because only 44 days ago, they had selected another person to be the prime minister, Liz Truss, and she resigned in part because her camp, her folks had put together an idea to slash taxes for the wealthy and the economy. Uh, responded. The markets responded very negatively to that, and as a result, it caused serious turmoil, and she was promptly removed as prime minister of the United Kingdom. Rishi Sunak is incredibly wealthy. He's a former hedge fund manager, uh, and we'll see what he does. He is the first Indian in that role, and so first Hindu person. And that is obviously a big deal if you have a little bit of background in history on the UK and India. And the last thing I want to say and recognize and say a prayer for, there were two people killed in St. Louis in a high school shooting. I think details are still coming out, but the gunman was 20 years old. He died in an exchange of gunfire with law enforcement folks. I read a couple things that noted that The school did have officers or public safety folks there, and they also had metal detectors and the doors were locked. So I'm not clear on what happened, how this individual uh, was able to get into the school. But again, another shooting in a school, and it's just incredibly sad. My thoughts and prayers go out to those families in St. Louis. All right, so... Let's do Party Poopers and Party Starters.
0: Turn out the lights. The party's over.
1: The party is over. Close the gates. What? All
0: right. Party's over.
1: Everyone go home. Are you sure you want to invite this Party Pooper to poop on your
2: party? I'm the Party Pooper. Party Pooper. Ugh, God, y'all, I'm so tired of talking about Donald Trump. Wish we could just make it stop. After everything that happened in the 2020 election and on January 6th, Trump is now allegedly setting up to challenge election results in the 2022 election, starting with the state of Pennsylvania. Now, Republicans there have fought all year to stop universal mail-in voting Now, by the way, we have essentially universal mail-in voting in Georgia. Now, there are restrictions on who can handle your ballot, but you don't need an excuse to vote by mail. Anyone who is eligible to vote can vote by mail. And like here in Georgia, Pennsylvania has a tough Senate race and a governor's race that folks are closely watching. And then again, like Georgia, Pennsylvania is a state that Trump won in 2016, and lost in 2020. So TBD, but we are already hearing that Trump has something planned or they're working on challenging results in Pennsylvania. Now, speaking of Trump, the January 6th committee has subpoenaed him to testify. Now, there's this ongoing debate of, if he should testify live or if they should tape it like they have other interviews with Trump appointees. Uh, Regardless, I think it's fair to say that it will be an absolute spectacle. That is, unless he does like Roger Stone and he pleads the fifth for the majority of the issues. Or will he take the route of Steve Bannon and refuse to testify, refuse to participate, and then be held in contempt of Congress? We shall see.
0: Let's get it
1: started in here. No, I'm the party starter. This party this party this party What's rule number one? Party.
2: For my party starter, I am going to name. You guys, the folks who came out to support us for our year one anniversary, one full year of podcasting with Eldridge and the Just Eldridge team. In fact, I want to give a shout out and name some specific folks who, without their help, this would not have happened. The podcast, as you know it today, would not be here. So in no particular order, I want to shout out Nina Wilson of 243 and Company, If you ever need someone to do decor and balloons for an event, hit up Nina. The Young Wolves, if you listen to the Just Eldridge podcast, you know who these young guys are. The Russell Center for Innovation. Mike Jenkins, who is a great graphic artist in Atlanta. Chef Antonio Williams of Big Country Barbecue. And the Urban League of Greater Atlanta. All of those organizations and individuals help make our first-year our one-year anniversary party, a huge success. And I just want to give them a special shout out. So it is Tuesday, a launch day of the show. If you have not already, I encourage you to go vote. If you can't make time during the week, you can actually vote on the weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, you can check out early voting locations in your county. Again, check out the show notes for some details on voting, how to vote, We'll also include in there some videos from previous debates. So, from Secretary of State to Agriculture Commissioner to Labor Commissioner. There were a number of debates last week, not just the gubernatorial debate. So, check out those interviews and, and really pay attention to who's running because, again, you can absolutely determine who becomes the next leader or leaders of our city, our state, our county. It's all up to you. With that, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Where the Party At. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the pod with your friends. Again, Where the Party At, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you.